This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. Hey folks, how you doing? Pastor Chuck Blair here. Um, yeah, what a what a week. So interestingly, this week out of out of all the weeks we've been working with, this is the week that the internet went down as well. So we're all prepared to do a service over there. We just can't seem to, to stream it out. So uh, unfortunately, that's, that's what we have to, have to work with today. So I'd ask you to join me again in, the, in this service today. And, and with this service today, it's going to be a little rough around the edges. We had something all planned. And needless to say, that's not what's going to be happening. So just feel free to, uh, you know, just enjoy the service as it is today, which will just be, be me speaking. And, and, you know, starting out, thinking about it, thinking about just some things we have coming up that, that people might find interesting. One is uh, right after the service today, if you're interested in, in having a conversation, more than welcome to join Craig and Sarah. You'll see the Zoom link will be in, will be in the chat. We'll put it on our, on our Facebook page as well. You're more than welcome to, to join that. And the other one I, I want to announce is we're going to have a communion service on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Again, you'll be able to see the links there on the Facebook page, as well as you can text me for a, for a link if, if you'd like that as well. So that's what we kind of got going coming up. And uh, with that, also, like literally, I just ran over here. So what I want to do now is, is let's kind of get ourselves into a, into a worshipful place, um, you know, a place of, of peace and breath, a place where we can start to have a conversation and to, to look at a message around what God might be telling us in times like this. So I'd ask us all to take a, take a big breath. And Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, we're gathering in a time so challenging and so difficult for so many. Help us to find words today, words that bring peace and calm and bring your presence closer to us as we work through these challenges that we now face. In your name this morning we pray. Amen. So I, I want to start out with, with this idea, you know, what? Whatever we believe about God has to work in situations like this. And, and there's sort of times in life where I feel like, uh, you know, we do a lot with church and, and a lot of the church part is actually is, believe it or not, is preparing us for moments like this. I want to say that again. A lot of church is preparing us for moments like this. How do we react? How do we connect? What do we reach for? All those are, are questions that are so incredibly important and, and I think very true at, at times like this. When we think about this week, all the forces of this week and, and the challenges those forces have been, I mean, if we just list them off, if we just have, an, have just a basic understanding of them, it's, it's, it's daunting. You know, we, we had a week where, you know, COVID is still very much part of our of our national conversation. Many people still deeply concerned about that. Death toll reached 100,000. So, so that's sort of enough on itself. And then we have the incredibly sad piece that happened with George Floyd, something that no one I've 
talk to us and was excusable in any way, shape, or form. Just really sad stuff, really hard stuff there. And then we add on to it what came out of that, the riots that, that came out of that in Minneapolis. And, and then those morphed into riots in Philadelphia, something at least I, find, I found unimaginable, you know. And, and uh, you know, we were down in Philadelphia yesterday and, and then came back. Uh, our daughters lived down there and came back. And then my, my wife came in, uh, came into where I was reading and a couple hours later and said, like, oh, there's, there's rioting going on totally totally stunned by that i mean just stunned um hard to put hard to put words to it and then you know a couple of communications one one uh one somebody deeply worried somebody in uniformed services worried about the safety of their family uh another mom worried about the safety for adult children and, and her grandson down there um you know, and as well as all the other fears, I think all the other parents, African American parents, all kinds of parents, worried about about their kids and 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 their futures and and all of that. You know, all of us and all of our concerns uh, together, all those worries. And then we add into that as well, people just dealing with with personal challenges over this past week. I mean, we definitely saw that as well. And you know. Uh, uh, you know, I know even in my life, you know, personal, personal sadnesses around things that are, that are just really hard. So, so we have all those things and they, they kind of came together in, in, in this week that, that was like, you know, hard to, hard to imagine. And then, you know, a small thing, then the internet goes down. And of course that somehow even seems a little bit appropriate, appropriate this week. So with all that, the question comes back again. Like, like, what does our faith have to offer us in times like this? And I want to start out by saying, when I say, what does our faith have to offer us? It's, it's not, please don't think that I'm talking about a belief system that allows us to be right and allows us to bludgeon other people as wrong. That's, that's not what a faith system is about. A faith system is, is a way of holding the world that allows for healing, grace, and compassion to happen. A faith system is a way of holding the world that allows for healing, grace, and compassion to happen. And it's not a better than or a different than or the, or the, the chosen few who get that and everyone else doesn't. It's not that at all. It, it, what enables us to, to actually work into society, literally working into society as best we can, as we feel God is calling us to. So... Does God, first off, you know, the first question, does God speak to these kind of, these kind of moments that are, that are just so incredibly difficult? And the answer, obviously, is, is yes, he does. He talks about these moments a great deal. And he, he talks about these moments not so much in terms of, of, like, this is the why, you know, the full explanation of why these things happen, um, because I, it's just it's hard to explain. But clearly, God, in, in the Bible, in New Church theology, and those pieces, clearly gives us some ways around how. May not answer why, but will clearly answer how. And I, I know that with life, it starts with this, that life just has weeks like this. It just has deep challenges. It just has hard times. It, it, just, it just does. And I, I think back to the beautiful line, what I was going to read was from Jeremiah 4. 
And, uh, you know, from Jeremiah 4, Jeremiah is this prophet. It's, it's this time in the, in, the, in the midst of deep challenge in ancient Israel. And he says, all I see is desolation. All I see is desolation. And I imagine maybe you had a moment, you know, moment over this, this past week or maybe last night where, where, you know, you just touch that for a minute. Like, wait, all I see is desolation. All I see is sort of this, this, this haunting nothingness. And how, how do we work through that? Like, how do we move through that? What, is, what, what do we do about that? And I, I don't have, you know, again, like, I don't have, like, Loctite answers. But I think, clearly, God gives us some directional ideas about how to do that. Now, one of the stories, you know, to set this up is that, that, that you know, about life being hard. And then, then how, does, how does God kind of offer us as a way to, to move through that? And, and I should give a little aside. A couple of the stories I'm going to use today are stories I've used before. But it's because I feel like times like this, that's what we got to do. We got to go back and we got to touch on, on these, these stories that are literally several millennium old because they've been so helpful over the years. And the story I want to share is, is, is a story about how Jesus kind of starts to help us to move through this, 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 this millennium and this change and this shift and how that starts to work. Larry, how are you doing? Doing great. I'm, I'm streaming away. I know. <laughs> then we got some friends show, show up here. Uh, yeah, you guys are welcome to listen in. So, um, you know, looking looking at it and uh, looking at how, how this all works and and how it functions, it's it's really challenging to kind of like like figure those those pieces out. Like here's this hard time and and even within this really hard challenging time. Jesus is consistently offering these messages and these these messages of hope and these these messages of of things that can kind of be different and that can move and that, that can change. And it's a story, a beautiful one. It's a story of of a woman and, and she's a Samaritan. Now, the background of that is, is the Samaritan and the Jews were sort of the, the uh, you know, were, were these rival groups who didn't particularly like each other. They saw faith very, very differently. They considered holiness very, very differently. Even though they were in the same broad denomination, they held different things in different ways. So the background to that is that here's this woman. Jesus is at a well. She comes to the well. She comes up to the well. She's going to fill her pots with water. And, and she starts this conversation. And this woman has had that Jeremiah experience. Her life at that point, you can sort of read between the lines, has, has known very little but desolation. And so Jesus says, like, I can give you living water. And, and she's like, what, what is this guy talking about? So has this conversation. I can give you living water. And then what do we see start to happen? We see something deeply beautiful happen. Jesus offers her what he knows of her. And that knowing is actually the beginning of the healing. Knowing how hard her life's journey had been, how hard her life journey was. What he did is he tells her, you know, you've, you've been married five times. There's obvious tragedy involved with that, whether it was by divorce or death or whatever. You know, all the challenges around that. And then he says, and the man you're currently living with isn't your husband which would have been taboo in ancient Israeli culture. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating piece because, because Jesus isn't telling her those things to condemn her or to, or to somehow scold her. He's telling her those things 
And in telling her those things, what he's really doing is, is he's really offering to her, like, I know you. I know you. I know your life's been hard. I know there's been these challenges in your life. And I'm here to bring water. I'm here to bring something to you and, 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 and to, this, to this season this season in your life and all the challenges that are, that are part of that. But the acknowledgement of those challenges, so, so deep. And then what he says is, and it's a beautiful line, and then, then Jesus says, well, what I can offer you here is I can offer you spirit and truth. Very different. It's, it's an interesting juxtaposition. She starts talking about, well, do we find God on this mountain or in Jerusalem? You know, they sort of consider the holy place a mountain. Uh, the Judaism stream from which Jesus came considered it the temple. So she's saying, on one hand, like, all right, so, so where do I find holiness? Where do I find holiness? Do I find it, do I find it here in this place? And Jesus, no, you find it in spirit and truth. Spirit, spiritus, breath, wind, God, and truth. That's powerful. It's the shift away from trying to, trying to find God in a place to finding God in our hearts. The movement away from trying to find God in a place to finding God in our hearts. That's an incredibly powerful way to, to shift the whole conversation. And that, and that deep way of sort of finding God in our hearts so so powerful when we when we can find God there because we're not searching to like locate God I feel that that's that's just an that's just an exercise in frustration how do I locate God no it's how do I how do I locate God with a capital L and locate God deep into my heart and the deep power that's there she's so moved by this that she runs back to her town saying I'm going to tell people I have found the Messiah Simply because Jesus was able, and I think in times like these that are so hard, simply because Jesus was with love, acknowledged how hard her life was and had been. Now, that story goes on, spirit and truth, and, and, and you, you see Jesus living into that more and more. And, and there's, there's, there's power there when we really start, start to put God here. Like, like there's so little we can do out there um, and, and I know a lot of people are like, well, what do I do? What do I do? There are things we can do. I don't want to say there aren't. And maybe one of the most important starting points we can have is, is to locate that love again inside, that spirit and truth inside. Not trying to locate God outside, but locate God inside. And then, and then take that forward. That's what we move out there into the world, trusting that God will place us in the worlds that we are to heal. Now, 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 do we see that lived out? Yep, we absolutely see that lived out. We see that lived out again and again and again. In one of the stories, and it's one that I used this week because I, I think it's so poignant, but I, but I want to use it again because I, I think it deeply matters, is a story as we get close to Easter. We get very close to, the, to, to Easter here and, and very challenging circumstances around Easter. And Jesus and his disciples are, are gathered in a woods. It's nighttime. And, and this story just is so, um, it's, it's epic. It's, it's, it's big. It's, it shows a brand new form of courage that's something very different than what we're used to seeing. 
And this is what happens with that story. So again, place yourself there. Place yourself there, and, and you're, you're, you're one of the disciples or one of his followers, deeply worried and concerned because Jesus has been so clear that the end is near. And, and, and figuratively, you could hear the war drums coming. You could hear the challenges. You could, you could feel them viscerally. Uh, it, was, it was so obvious, all the challenges that were, that were going to occur. And Jesus is saying, look, I'm, I'm going to be put to death. I mean, he was totally upfront about that. He, he, t- he knew how this story in this life for him was going to end. And he shared that with those who he loved most. Nighttime, in the woods, and then they start to hear soldiers coming through those very woods. These are Roman soldiers. These were the people who had the power at that time. And you think about them seeing, you know, them, them hearing it and the torches and, the, and all, the, all the fear around it. The soldiers come around to the disciples. They come around to Jesus. Jesus' right-hand man a disciple by the name of Peter makes a rash decision. And that's what I'm going to be, be reading to you right now. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions, Peter, reached for a sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. So, so Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, you know, reacts with this anger, with this rage, pulls out a sword, Cuts him right across the face. You know, you can imagine to cut off somebody's ear be a pretty nasty, pretty nasty wound. And we know from reading in the other in the other gospel accounts that one of the most beautiful stories of healing then takes place. And what happens was Jesus puts his hand on the man's ear and heals it. Now, you have to really think about that viscerally, that touch what that touch would have meant, how that touch would have quieted the whole group because it was this step not towards vengeance, but this step towards healing. Not this step towards vengeance, but this step and this touch towards healing. I mean, how powerful that must have been And then Jesus tells Peter this. He says, put your sword back in place. All who draw the sword will die by the sword. Now now that line there, a beautiful line, and and you've heard live by the sword, die by the sword. This is where that comes from. And and I think of that figuratively. I think of that as being Jesus saying, look, if if you let this rage and this anger get the better of you, it's going to kill you. And, And it doesn't matter where we are, on what position, on what thing. Like, rage is the enemy. Rage is that part where, where again, like, like it, can, it comes back on us. It's, 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 it's a sword that ends up being our own demise, not the demise of others. And then Jesus has another beautiful line. Do you think I cannot call on my Father in heaven and he will once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? You know, and here's, here's Jesus saying, look, if this was my battle, I could win it. But I'm not going to win it in the way you think. I'm going to win it in a very different way, in a way that's more powerful, in a, in a way that has repercussions, even, even to today. This, my friends, and you'll hear me talk about it a lot, and, and, uh, is the third way. 
yesterday was so unsettling on so many levels. I'm sure I joined many of you feeling that exact same way. I mean, what an incredibly disoriented, challenging week it's been. Like, like how do we deal with this? How do we deal with these, these, you know, with like, with like what happened with Greg Floyd? What do we do? And how do we deal with, with moving forward so the country comes closer together and race relations feel like they're improving and not deteriorating? And, and how do we, how do we move forward in all these different directions? Like, like, what do we do? And I think a lot of people are saying, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. A great place to keep coming back to is the third way. We welcome God in as spirit and truth. We welcome God in as love in our hearts. Not trying to locate God out there somewhere, but instead trying to draw God closer in here. When we draw God closer in here, then maybe we can start to allow ourselves to think there is a third way here. We talk about it a lot, but it's so important and feels especially important this morning to reiterate how, how much this means and how much this matters. It's a place of moral imagination. It's a place that's outside of simple binary answers. It's often unthought of and unheard of. It's based on the simple idea, folks, like let it begin with me. Let the peace begin with me. Let the reaching out begin with me. Let the connection begin with me. And that part is also boundaried by love. That I won't go outside of those, of those basic parameters of love. I'll be kind. I'll be willing to listen. I'm going to come back to that one later. I'll be filled with love as best I can. Now, now, folks, that doesn't mean that there's not accountability in the world and there's not time to separate from other people or there's, there's not time for, for all that stuff. Like, of course there is. But the third way is a posture. It's, it's a way just of sort of sitting in life. And what, is, what does Jesus say then? Jesus goes on later on to say, you know, my endeavor is to give you peace. Shalom. Shalom meaning well-being. Shalom meaning meaning this deep, deep, deep inner tranquility that's, that's outside of rage as best we can. And it's also a piece where Jesus says, you will have tribulations in the world. I think that line is so important. Because oftentimes it's, it's easy to feel like life is somehow cheating us because there's tribulations. And here's Jesus going like, you, it's, it's part of it. You will have tribulations in life. That is part of how it will go and part of how life will move forward. And so what we need to ask then is, is all right, how can, how can, given that, given the tribulations, given the idea that we're to move towards peace, given, given the idea that we're to welcome spirit and truth into our lives, given this idea of the church universal, that we're to reach out across our congregation. And we're, we're so lucky that we have the diversity in our congregation. And we've got to keep continue to reach out that way. And as we reach out that way, can we just start to think like, all right, so, so how, can, how can we make the world just a little bit better? We can do it better. 
that's the point. And it's not better than them, 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 them. No, it's just we can all corporately do it better. Just in the small ways that we feel called to. One of the hard ones for me yesterday was finding, uh, finding out about a, about a dear friend who passed. And my memory of this dear friend was, was working with them on a, on a speech they were to give. And this was oh, probably 25 years ago. We got into this fascinating conversation. It's going to sound a little strange, but I remember it so clearly because the person was so insightful and and uh, yeah, just had some real insight. And they were speech to a large group, and he wanted a little bit of help with it. And he wanted to do a speech talking about archery. What he was talking about was he was talking about just how a small difference in our aim dramatically changes how far the arrow will travel. Just a small difference in our aim determines a very different distance that the arrow will travel. I think that's so much, again, what the third way looks for. The, the third way looks for those, those small little elements of kindness, those small little elements of grace, those small little elements of understanding that actually, over time, lead us to a far, far, far different place. Jesus clearly lived this. He lived it absolutely. He, he's the incarnate version of it. We, we see that the Lord just, just totally embodied in that third way of thinking and that third way of acting. That way is so powerful that, that, again, to this day, Martin Luther King, his legacy, that's what his legacy was. His, his legacy was about the third way. One of the things that's it's always a little, a little sad for me is, is, you know, people oftentimes forget, like, he was a pastor. That's why he got it. And not that I get it because I'm a pastor, so I don't even want to leave anyone with that impression. But what he did was he took Christ's message and he lived it. He took Christ's message and he said, this is how you can live it also. And it was all part of that beautiful third way. That beautiful third way, I, I love the language he has uh, around his, his 10 rules for nonviolent, nonviolent protest. You know, you can Google it. Um, I've used it before. I've actually preached on it because I just I just think it's it's such the, the the beautiful condensing of like oh yeah this is it oh yeah this is it this is it this is it so how does that work how does that work when we condense it down well it all comes down to one line that I think is incredibly beautiful and it's this line what are we to pursue we're to pursue justice and reconciliation, not victory. We're to pursue justice and reconciliation, not victory. That, that idea, like just sit with that for a minute. That's where we really find the third way. That's maybe where we can be part of a healing that moves out there into the world. Folks, I, I may not know much. 
you know, matter of fact, I'm pretty convinced I know pretty much nothing. But I know that the binary thinking we're caught in right now is not going to work. The us against them stuff is not going to work. It never has. It never will. That's why when we call something diabolical, like that very word means to divide. It's not the Christian way or the way of any other faith that I know of. What it's about is how do we move beyond those binaries into this third way, into a way that starts to bring things together, that starts to bring pieces back together, that, that does its best to welcome all. And that's not to say there isn't accountability and all that stuff. Of course there is. It's not, it's not light stuff or easy stuff. It's actually incredibly hard to stand in that place of the third way. Because you're going to get hit from both sides, but that's what I feel like we're called to do. Because that's the legacy that Jesus leaves to us. And that legacy, when we, when we, when we move it out, like we may only know the binary's not working. We may only have a, a rough sense of how the third way looks. But again, God, from a new church perspective, God is here to bless your intentions. Like hold the intention to find that third way. Hold the intention to find that third way. Because what it points to, and this is beautiful language from Martin Luther King, it points to this very simple concept of the beloved community. Of the beloved community. That we are a community, a diverse community. And that we can embrace that and we can learn to love it all. The Swedenborgian concept is that, you know, and this is kind of a little silly one I've mentioned before, is, you know how, you know what heaven's like? It's like a choir. I love that idea. It's like a choir. It's, 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 and that's part of the beloved community. Like, like we're not surrendering to another person's opinion per se. We're, we're still ourselves. But what we've learned to surrender to is we've learned to surrender to the music. We've learned to surrender the music knowing that the music the third way is what will bring us together brothers and sisters there's beautiful examples of it we see them over and over and over again I think one I used in church a few weeks ago was super sweet it was a little African-American boy, probably three years old, and his, his little preschool buddy, you know, about the same age, and they'd both gotten buzz cuts, and they, they come racing into their teacher, and because they, they had the same haircut, they're like, you can't tell us apart, can you? <laughs> you gotta love that. Like, that's the world I want to live in. That's the world I want for our children. That's the world I want for our grandchildren. In the beloved community, we, we, we see it and we know it when we see it. I, I had one, I was going to use this, this clip today, but I'll, but I'll tell you about the clip because I think it was so incredibly powerful for me. Was, was, uh, we've been doing a, a, a series based on a real, very simple, a series based on a real simple premise called Celebrating Service, where, where once every couple of weeks we, we interview somebody who, who works with one of the nonprofits we work with and we get a chance to just celebrate what they're doing. It's a great place, by the way, to see the third way at work. 
This week I was so honored to interview Katie from the Breathing Room Foundation. The Breathing Room Foundation, for those of you who aren't aware, Breathing Room Foundation, what they do is families who are who are struggling through cancer diagnoses come to the Breathing Room Foundation and they do all kinds of things for them. Many, most of them just pretty small stuff actually, but it's trying to give them a little breathing room. Uh, some of you on this on this service today have, have worked with them. Uh, we've had them speak here a couple times, done a number of projects, be that from a backpack drive every fall to remember uh, one year we had a group doing a, doing a house cleanup and the, and the lady comes out and it's like, ah, you know, yes, and everything else. Well, I, you know, I'd love if somebody mowed my yard. And one of our parishioners made a quick call to a, to a landscaper in the congregation who had the lawn mowed in no time. Love that. And what I asked her is I asked her, what was her best day of work she ever had? So, Katie, what was the best day of work you ever had? And it was purely beloved community. It was purely beloved community. And it's the world I think we're all called to. So what was that world? She said it had been sort of a rough day. She got off to a rough start. She comes in. There's a ton of email and a ton of this, a ton of that, you know, lost in the busyness of life. And they had sent out a call for support. What they wanted was they wanted gift cards to help people. And they were sending out a call to action. The call to action was, was any, any denomination of a, of a gift card you want to send, please send it. Even a small amount we'll be able, we'll be able to use. So that's what they did. They they sent out these they sent out these gift cards. Uh, excuse me. They were getting in these gift cards, and a mom comes. Says, "Katie, I got these gift cards for you." Hands her over some gift cards. These are ones that have been given to me that that we didn't use. Well, here's the backstory, folks. That mom was struggling with brain cancer, and in the midst of her pain and her worry. And her concern for her and her kids, she saw how to reach out through that to offer something up to the world. That is the beloved community right there. That's an example. And it's nothing big, and we miss it if we're going too fast. And I think we're going way too fast most of the time. But it's there. New church perspective. God wants us consistently to work into our lives and to become deeply, and even uses these words, deeply thoughtful human beings. Where love no longer is an esoteric principle kind of that we hold out there and we use kind of to judge other people. Not it. That love, the spirit and truth of that, is something that we invite in here. That we then move out there into the world as best we can, as best as we can, trying to work towards avoiding binaries. Try as best we can to find that third way. That's not demanding some sort of artificial uniformity. It's about understanding, of course, we have different perspectives. Of course, we're asked to speak to those different perspectives because that's how we all learn to maybe do it a little better. That, friends, is the prayer for peace today. That prayer for peace, that prayer for shalom, that prayer for wholeness, for wellness, is something I'd invite all of us to bring into our hearts as best we can. 
I don't know exactly what to tell you if you're wondering, well, like, what should I do? What I do know is God will make it apparent to you if you open yourself to it. And then when you feel that peace, lean in. Maybe even just a simple step is just leaning in to listening as we work through this incredibly hard time. Seeking first to understand, then to be understood. And learning to lean in and listening and leaning in and listening. And I, I love this, I love this, uh, this poetic line. Is, and of course, I don't have the poet in front of me right now. But this bit, like, listen to this, brothers and sisters. I'm listening with all that I am. I'm listening with all that I am. Let's find a place to listen. Let's find a place to act. Let's find a place to be examples of that beloved community. And let's have that deep prayer. And let's have that deep prayer being a prayer for peace. Amen. What I'm going to do now, friends, is I'm going to offer a, a prayer. You'll have the chance to, to join in, listen to the prayer, and then I'm going to do the Lord's Prayer. You can join in either either of those places or just have a moment of, of quiet, quiet meditation as well. I also do want to invite you a couple of things. I'll put some of the clips that we were going to use today. I'll put some of the clips up on Facebook so you can go and Go and take a look at it again. Our apologies for our for our technological difficulties today. Sorry for that. I'm sure we'll have it back up and running by next week. Uh, and then the other invite is is again. There's a group meeting, a Zoom group meeting right after church. Uh, wonderful group of people. I've been stopping in. I certainly hope to see you there. Uh, it's just a chance for us to connect and maybe maybe today just we could share just just what our prayer for peace is like like where are we where are we where are we prayerfully holding something that we would like to say out loud to group and just have them hold it as well so you're more than welcome to join that you'll see the link in the chat window so with that my friends let me offer us a prayer then i'll do the lord's prayer and have a moment just of silent reflection as well so, Lord, our prayer this morning is a prayer for peace, a deep prayer for peace. Lord, we know your promise is that we can have at some time a peace, a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that's beyond our rational knowing, a peace that is beyond our rational knowing because it's in our soul. Lord, allow us to experience that in some small way to give us energy in these troubled times. Help us as well, Lord, to remember that the work is always work towards healing, justice and reconciliation, not victory, with a goal remaining ever true, and that goal is the beloved community. Help us, Lord, to act into that. Help us to come really clear, Lord, to the fact that, that these are the moments where actually we've been preparing for. That these challenges are challenges that in ways very humble and broken we can meet in our own small ways. Thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Thank you, Lord, for the diversity of this congregation. Thank you for all who've joined us together today. Be with us moving forward. Your prayer. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done, 
as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. Amen. Folks, wishing you a wonderful week, and uh, yeah, and thank you for joining us again. Hope you can join the group that's going to be meeting right after this. Take care, friends. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 